This is Brain Diet, episode 203, nine things that have had a massive effect on my health. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. We are talking today about nine things that have had a massive effect on my health. Now, listen. The irony is not lost on me that I'm sitting here talking to you about things that have made a difference in my health as I am obviously afflicted with a head cold. (laughs) Like, of course, this is the topic I have planned for this week when I am fighting my deathbed a little bit. But, you know, I'm actually really grateful because since I started chemo in 2019, I was getting sick really, really often. And like the last six months of my life, I have had few very minor sicknesses. And so that was the longest stretch I've had since starting chemo years ago where I didn't get sick. And so even though I'm so bummed to be sick, I don't like it, it you know, does anybody, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I had such a great long break between sicknesses and that I know that this isn't going to last forever. And I am just kind of trying to be patient with myself and let it be okay. But regardless, I'm happy to be here recording this episode because I love recording podcasts even when I'm sick and it's something that makes me really happy. And so I am just excited to share with you these nine things that I discovered. Is that the word? I I kind of sat down at the beginning of the year and was like, what really was awesome about last year. What did I do differently that I loved? What things did I change that made a big difference? What was what was fun for me? How did I how did I have some improvement in a lot of different areas? And I really surprised myself by identifying a lot of things that I hadn't really concretely thought about until I thought about it of things that made a big difference for me. Now, again, it's all anecdotal and it is just like how I feel physically, but as I will get into, they were things that just made my life better. And whether or not it was a placebo effect or, or something otherwise, it made my life better. So who, so who cares, right? That's kind of my mentality about it. Now, my family and I, we just got back from Bear Lake. If you've been to Bear Lake, Utah, uh, it's a big, beautiful lake that is shared between Idaho and Northern Utah. And we actually go quite often during the summer. And then we go during the winter and it's just a fun tradition. It's a fun place to be. And we, and I think I mentioned it a couple of podcasts ago that we were going to do a cold plunge and that I was going to report on it. So here I am reporting on it. The lake was 38 degrees Fahrenheit. And then the air was 33 degrees. I spent over five minutes in that water. Cool as a cucumber. Now, I'm going to share a little bit more about that later on in this episode. So keep your keep your ears ready listening for when I talk about the cold plunge and why and my thoughts about cold exposure, okay? But let's get into the nine things. Let's begin with number one of nine things that I feel like made such a difference for me in 2023. The first thing was eating early in the morning before my workout. I have done both where I've done CrossFit and I've weightlifted on an empty stomach 
And then this year I started implementing eating beforehand. And what it usually consisted of was just like a primary carb source. So it usually was like a banana. If we were out of bananas, it was like one of those fig bars type of thing. Just like basically solely carbs for the most part. And now what I want to say about this is this is not a habit that is necessary to be healthy eating early in the morning. But what this did for me was this simply started off my day nutritionally on the right foot and it helped me really stay on an intentional plan for the rest of the day. So what it looked like was starting off with a banana, I've already got like some fruit under my belt and then I had a protein powder that was in my bag that I had gotten the night before that I would drink right after my workout. Now again, is that magical? No, but what that did do was just start me off on a good foot for the day. It started me off well, having some protein under my belt, having some carbs, having some micronutrients from the fruit or or carbs from the fig bar, whatever it might be. And that really started me off. And I noticed it helped me just make more strategic decisions throughout the day. Because, and the reason I started doing this is because there would be days where I wouldn't eat before a workout and then I would get home and I would prioritize doing other things to the point where I wouldn't eat for hours after the workout And then I would be into the afternoon having not eaten anything because I would just say, oh, I'm just going to do this first. Oh, I'm just going to do this first. I don't have enough time to prepare like a whole entire meal. And that didn't make me feel good. And so what I decided was to start eating before workouts so that I can start my nutrition out on the right foot. And that was really effective for me. Now, again, it's not magical. You don't need to do that. But I just found for me, it was a good first step to help me make good choices the rest of the day. The next thing, thing number two, that had a massive effect on just how I felt in my my life this year, this last year, was not eating after 7 p.m. Now, listen, if you don't like this episode, please listen to the next like 30 seconds and then you can stop listening. But I need you to know this. Eating after 7 p.m. is not bad, okay? It is not bad. A lot of people do it and there is nothing wrong with it. Not eating after 7 p.m., it's not necessary and it's not magical, I just noticed that I didn't sleep as well. I had more vivid and disruptive dreams and I just tossed and turned more if I had too much food in my stomach. Some people can eat right before bed and sleep just fine. So you can experiment for yourself. This was just something that I kind of learned that if I limit how much I eat and drink before bed, I tend to sleep better. And it was mostly obvious by like the dreams I would have and just, you know, whether or not I remembered waking up the night before. And most times if I didn't eat too late, then I wouldn't wake up too much at night. And what was funny is as I was putting together this list, I remember Oprah, I had to have been in like second or third grade talking about not eating after 7 p.m., how it is the, the solution to weight loss or whatever. And I just feel so bad for my young second grade self for thinking that that was legitimate. And then I feel bad for the rest of the world that they all thought that that was legitimate too, because it's not. It doesn't mean that it's not the cure-all for all the things. It's not the secret for weight loss. It is a tool that one can implement that can be helpful. And for me, it was not even for weight management, but simply just for my quality of sleep. Now, another thing I need you to remember is eating at night also does not cause weight gain unless you are in an overall calorie surplus. So it doesn't matter when you eat. 
it matters how much you are eating. And if you are eating at night, but you're still in a deficit, it's totally possible to lose weight. So keep that in mind. Timing and when you are eating is not going to have an effect on your weight or any type of change. What's going to matter is the total amount of calories. So if you take away nothing from this episode, but that, that would be a win for me. Okay. Number three, this was a big one. And this is one that has been kind of uh, slow going over the years. And I really started to apply it this in 2023. And I think it was such a game changer. Uh, and it's something that I've been teaching. And so I'm like, I, I need to master it if I'm going to be teaching people to do this is going to bed and waking up at the same time every day of the week. And that includes weekends and holidays. So I gave myself about 30 minutes of wiggle room. And again, this is always what I've recommended with my bedtime and my wake time. So it was generally within half an hour. It was always the same every day, holidays, you know, and I think the only exceptions were like if I was really sick or chemotherapy after, after doing chemo infusions where I wasn't super deliberate with my bedtime and my wake time. And that I'm okay with, okay? But otherwise, weekends, holidays, regular days, if I wasn't sick, I was really deliberate with having a consistent bedtime and wake time. And this is just because from what I have studied in the last year, and actually it's been over the last couple of years, I just got really good at it the last year. Having that consistent bedtime and wake time is so powerful and the effect that it has on your circadian rhythm and the hormones in your body and just the way that you are functioning. And so for me, it was incredibly helpful in in managing my exercise performance, my energy levels, my mental health, my recovery, my mental clarity, so much more. It was so valuable, valuable to have that in place as a way to take care of myself because I knew it had such a massive effect because that's what sleep does. Sleep is so huge in a person's health. And so that I was able to give it that attention this year was such a, a gift that I was able to give myself. Now, number four is cold exposure, okay? Cold exposure. There are plenty of benefits that have been shown as a result of cold exposure. And while I believe that many of them are legitimate, I think there is also a lot of bogus claims. Like I was just looking on Amazon at at cold plunge units, you know, whether it's just like tubs or whatever. And they just have these laundry lists of what they claim to do. You know, they they help you lose weight and all of the things. And that's where I just kind of roll my eyes because exposing yourself to cold is not going to help you lose weight. What helps you lose weight is if you're in a calorie deficit. That's the end, period. But, you know, as with any trendy wellness thing, there's always going to be claims like that. But regardless, here is why I do them. And I don't, I'm not trying to say that anyone else needs to do them. This is just, again, what I found was helpful for me. I utilized cold exposure as a form of mental health support. And what it looked like mostly for me was spending like anywhere from one to three minutes at the end of my shower in the coldest water that my faucet offered and just focusing on my mental dialogue and my breathing. And let me tell you, the way that that had such an immediate and obvious effect on my anxious mind made it really easy for me to keep doing it. I got a really obvious payoff 
in doing them. And again, I really do think there are other benefits when it comes to like inflammation and, and injury healing. And I think it probably can be beneficial for an immune system as well. But again, a lot of that isn't going to be abundantly clear when you're doing it. And so sometimes it wasn't very motivating to me if I was like, oh, I need to do this to bolster my immune system. Like that didn't, that didn't motivate me. But what did was easing my anxiety, like calming down my mind. That was a huge and very compelling motivator that led me to very easily make the choice to continue every single day doing a cold shower, even though it's really painful and uncomfortable. And so that's why when we were in Bear Lake, to be able to, and listen, here's, here's, here's the way that I think about it. For years, I was someone that thought I was just a victim to the noise in my brain. It was something that I couldn't escape and that was so painful and that hindered me from living my life. To go from that to now being a person that can not only function under stress like that, but be able to thrive and still be in charge of my brain and my body under stress like that is extraordinary to me. That I can get into virtually freezing cold water and spend a significant amount of time being calm, focusing on my breathing and not letting myself freak out is the most tremendous manifestation of all of the work that I have put in over the last decade to really clean up my mind and to not only live with a mind, but to actually use it in my favor, to actually see my brain as a superpower and not something that I just have to tolerate and deal with. So am I going to recommend cold exposure? I don't know. It's totally up to you. You can try it. And if you'll probably not like it, I don't know that anyone really does because it's so uncomfortable, but that's kind of the idea, right? Is to do something really hard and to train your brain how to respond to it. And so that's motivating enough for me. That's what really, really motivated me this year to spend time there is because it helped tremendously with how I felt emotionally and mentally. Number five is aiming for 800 grams of fruits and vegetables every single day. And again, this kind of goes back to having a banana first thing in the morning because then this started me off on the right foot of like getting some fruits and vegetables down before it's even, you know, 7 a.m. Now, if you listened to my podcast with E.C. Sinkowski, I believe it was episode 174. It's in the 170s. I think it's 174. But if you listen to it, she described how society focuses too much on getting the perfect fruits and vegetables and then drastically misses the mark on getting enough fruits and vegetables. Fruits and veggies are low calorie and they are chock full of micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, and they also can provide volume to a meal that can help with fullness and satisfaction. And so she has a challenge called the 800 gram challenge that is essentially saying to get 800 grams worth of fruits and vegetables, whether they're cooked, raw, canned, frozen, whatever they might be, just aiming for 800 grams. And again, hearing her talk about it, it's not something that's necessarily magical. I think there, she referenced a study that said that some patients had improved health outcomes when they ate 800 grams or more per day. And so I think this is rooted in, in research and she is so based in research is something that I really appreciate about EC. And thus she created this challenge to have a 
person aim for 800 grams. And so that was something that I started to implement because I didn't realize I was eating a lot of fruits and vegetables, but I don't think I realized how little it was relative to how many I could be eating and not have a drastic increase in calories. And because I love to eat, I love to eat. I'm like, wait a minute, I can have way more fruits and vegetables and not have a drastic increase in calories, which means I get to eat more and I don't have to gain weight if I don't want to. Now I've been spending time in a little bit of a surplus and that's amazing, but to be able to still eat more and be in control of my calories has just been fabulous. And so I I love that approach to getting fruits and veggies is just to kind of like aim for a really high number. At least it's high, I think, for most people, more than most people are eating. And that was something that I really loved and appreciated and made a big difference in how I was eating every day and how I am eating now. Number six is I took clear and defined breaks from social media. Now, a lot of what I do is on Instagram. It's a huge part of my business and how I market and how I share content and how I find people. And it, it is something that I really like doing, but it was necessary and extremely helpful to take very clearly defined and planned breaks. And then when I did, breaks always helped me come back stronger, more creative, and just be in a better place where I could contribute to the world. And so that was something that made a big difference is just taking breaks and not putting so much pressure on, on being on Instagram, being on social media. And it was all a great way to approach being on Instagram because otherwise I got burnt out really quick. Okay. Number seven, I set a goal for how many books I wanted to read in 2023. It was 50 and I reached it. And here was why I did this and my thoughts behind it. Having a goal simply gave me a structure to do more of something that I already love doing. I love, love reading. And so if I had time, spare time, instead of just mindlessly scrolling on my phone, which nine times out of 10 is always the easier option, just to like sit on the couch, sit on my bed, sit somewhere and just scroll. It's always an easy and convenient option. Instead of doing that, I would deliberately read to keep up my pace because I'd set this goal. It doesn't make anybody superior if they read more. But again, it's just something that I love so much. And so offering some structure to myself for how to do more of what I love made me a little bit more deliberate with my time and to do a better job with how I spent it. Because the phone would have just been lost time. If I sat scrolling, it would just kind of be lost time. Whereas reading combined something that I love with progress towards a goal. So that was something that I really, really liked. And actually... I haven't even said this anywhere, but I had this idea in my brain yesterday. I've never done audiobooks. I've only read books. Now I read all my books on Kindle, but I don't. And I've had a few that I've read like tangible physical books, but I have never been into Audible and I don't have anything against it. I just, I'm not really sure what my aversion has been to it, but here's my plan. For 2024, I'm going to double my previous goal. I am going to read 100 books, 50 of them will be on my Kindle and 50 of them are going to be audiobooks. That's my plan. Does it count? Can you still say you read it if it's audible? I don't know, but that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do 100 books, 50 of them are going to be read and 50 of them are going to be on audible. Anyway, that's my plan. Number eight, this was a big one. I went to regular breathwork classes. Now, if you listened to Jen Coles on the podcast, she was episode 150. That was my introduction to breathwork, what it is, why it's so valuable. And 
if you've listened to that episode, you know of its transformative abilities. And I went to my first class, not skeptical, but just open-minded, not really sure what to expect. And it was mind-blowing to experience things and feelings in my body that I've never felt before. Like you think you're familiar with your body and then you experience it in a new way. And it's just so awesome. And so that was such a profound change that I made this year was to go, I went to some of Jen's classes uh, throughout 2023. And I just was astounded at what I experienced. And I have continued to attend and just had tremendously powerful experiences that continue to help me physically and mentally. And if, you know, all of the people that are close to me, I have dragged to one of these classes at some point, (laughs) including my husband, Ben, who was a little bit of a skeptic and left saying that was the most transformational experience I've ever had. And it was really cool to be able to have him experience it and then to kind of hear how he felt and what that looked like for him. Okay, number nine, last one. And this is not related to health at all, but it was something that just made a difference and I'll get to why. Was donating to Goodwill one time per week at the same time every week. Okay, you're probably like, whoa, you're a hoarder. That's so weird. How do you have enough to donate every week? Listen, everything that came into my home this year, and with kids, it was a lot. We immediately decided if it had a clear and obvious home or should be donated or discarded. Now, I also follow the one in, one out rule with toys and clothes and shoes and and home decor. And so what I did is I was always looking at every item in my house and saying, do we need this? Do I love this? Is this something I want here? Does this have a very deliberate purpose? And if the answer was ever no, I donated it. And so what that looked like was I would do my grocery pickup Monday morning, which if you know me, you know that's, I very rarely ever miss my grocery pickup at the beginning of the week. And then there was a donation center just right across the street from the grocery store. And so I would pick up groceries. I would go to drop off my donations. And that was what I did every Monday. And sometimes I would have one small thing, but didn't matter. I would still go. It was part of the routine and it was part of my way to keep my house and my mind organized. I'm very particular about my space. It's very important to me to be organized and clean and free of clutter and Because of that, I became a professional donator. And trust me, I'm not a hoarder. It is just because with children, we just move through things really quickly. And even like with Christmas, we got some new things. And so I took a pretty large donation the Monday after Christmas because they had to part with some things that we weren't going to use anymore. And I took some Christmas decorations that I don't love and I donated those. And Ben got a new putter and he had an old putter. So I donated that old putter. And there were just things that it was like, we just were going through so that everything in our home we love and we use and serves a great purpose. Okay, my friends, if you've made it this far, I'm impressed. That was like a a whirlwind to get through those eight things, nine things, nine things. Okay, guys, I need to go take a bath. I need to go take a nap. But those are my nine things that I feel like were just so helpful for me in 2023 that made such a difference in the last year of my life that I will continue to do and continue to build upon. So I encourage you to reflect back on what you have tried within the last year that has worked really well, what you want to do more of. It can be a fun exercise and you'll probably discover things that you hadn't thought about until you thought about it, like me. So my friends, thank you so much for listening. I'm so sorry that I'm sick. 
And if you made it this far, wow, you're amazing. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will talk to you next week. Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. On this call, I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body so I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon. Thank you.